I'm going to be very candid with you. We are living in a computer program. Welcome, everyone, to Simulation Nation, your portal to all things virtual. I'm your host, Graham Tallman, and I'm here to keep you informed about all that's happening in virtual reality. We record our episodes live in Allspace every week, and you can join us from your PC or VR headset. Just log into Allspace, join our Simulation Nation channel, and teleport in to offer your opinion, question, or whatever else. Today, we talk with VR Church, which is one of the first churches to exist in the metaverse. VR Church is a real church community with ordained pastors that aim to bring spirituality into the future. It is a place where everyone is welcome, whether you believe in God or not. Ladies and gentlemen, coming here to talk to us today about this incredible project is Bishop DJ Soto. Let's give him some emoji love, everybody. DJ Soto in the house. Thanks so much, Graham. <laughs> really, really excited to be here tonight. Thanks for yeah, having me. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think it's it's really an interesting uh, concept that you are working on, and I'm really happy you could be here to talk about it. It looks like we've got some of your, some, maybe some of my friends and some of your friends. we got St. Justin. Nice to see you again. Marco, hold my beer. Sky buys it. And of course, hero protagonist and, uh, and every people will be coming in and out. So, um, so you are in, uh, you're in Virginia, uh, you're on the, the East coast. And, uh, so thank you so much. I know it's a little later for you, but I'm, uh, really appreciative you could be here. Hey, and it works. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I guess, you know, we got a lot to talk about. We got, it's just, just God, the universe, the history of time and, uh, it's in all of the, all yeah, of religion. We can solve all the, all the world's problems. Yeah. Right yeah. No, hour, right? <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Um, so we might, we might as well dive, uh, dive right into it, uh, because, uh, I'm very curious into a lot of the, the things that you're working on. So the first thing I'm interested, of course, we have to go all the way back to Genesis, your personal Genesis, the origin story of DJ Soto and how you got involved in all of this. And, um, yeah, how you did virtual reality. So let's, let's take yeah. yeah awesome let's take it back yeah it's you know looking back it's hard to believe it's been as long as it has been it, it, when i mean when i mean by that is like 2016 when the oculus rift first came out and before that my, my wife and i were pastors at a church in pennsylvania and we were there for many years um, just serving that congregation and it was about 2015 2016 about that time where we felt like we needed to branch out and do something new and we didn't know what new meant uh, we thought that meant start physical churches. So we're like, all right, let's go uh, do this church planting is the name, the terminology, the church world gives that. So let's go be church planters. Let's go plant some churches. Um, and we thought they'd be physical churches. And so we were setting out to do that. And it was about the same time the Oculus Rift came out. And we're a bunch of like gamers, geeks, mm -hmm. you know, tech enthusiasts. So I was reading about that VR and I was like, at first I wasn't, necessarily that interested. But then I then I can't remember which article it was. I don't know if it was Polygon or The Verge. I forgot where I read it. But um, the, the person who wrote the article was saying, this is legit. This is mm. going to be an amazing experience. And um, after I read that, I was like, oh, I think I need to experience this. And so sure enough, um, you know, got a VR, you know, back then it took a couple thousand dollars to get into VR, um, you know, to get a right. nice computer going. I, I didn't have like a gaming PC at the time. So got a, like a VR ready computer, got the Oculus Rift. And man, when I just remember trying it on for the first time, it was, and what was it like May, April, May of 2016. And I was blown away just with the little setup thing, you know, when it, it sets up in the, totally. uh, at the time, the, the little bases would scan, scan the room. 
I was just, I didn't even touch anything yet. I didn't even play any games. I was just blown away by the technology. I was like, this is, this is amazing. Um, and so, and then we, we just got lost in it. I mean, everything, games, uh, video games, experiences. Um, it was just, it was just an unbelievable thing. You, you think you've seen it all until you've tried something like virtual reality. And I know VR enthusiasts would say VR has been out for, you know, 30, 40, 50 years, but I don't think like we see it today, like where you can go to Best Buy, you can order it off Amazon and it's going to be at your doorstep. Like well, that's the first time we're seeing VR at that level. And no hate to the uh, virtual boy, <laughs> right, yeah, Nintendo, right. but it's the first time we're actually, you know, experiencing it. So anyways, I, we weren't thinking, you know, a church or anything like that, but it was about summer of 2016, June. I remember coming home, it was like a Friday afternoon, uh, you know, logged into uh, the Oculus store. And I saw this little app called Alt Space VR. And I was like, oh, this looks interesting. Started reading the description. I was like, whoa, I just hadn't thought mm. of that. And I was like, wait a minute, is this going to be like, like Ready Player One? Like, I, I read that book several years ago. I geek out on that Ready Player One book. I was like, is this going to be like that? So I go in there and I was just blown away. I was blown away by the sense of presence, connection, conversation, um, the the sense of realism, even though the, the even the, the, generation of avatars before this weren't as sophisticated as they are now it was still immersive and compelling and it was only like an hour or two into experiencing alt space and realizing i could create my own space i was like you know what i would love to try to have a church service here on sunday so sure enough um, i just threw out a little social media graphic i didn't know if anybody else had vr obviously no one mm -hmm. did like in my circle at the time um but that sunday June of 2016, we had the first church service in virtual reality. Um, and, you know, and by the way, just a little background, I'm an ordained minister and uh, been ordained with a couple of uh, denominations. But um, so I go in there and we create this spiritual experience where it was very simple uh, compared to what we do now. Uh, we just had a little bit of music going, some prayer, and then uh, some time looking in the scriptures uh, for the sermon. Mm -hmm. And five people came to my first event, like kind of in and out, just kind of uh, totaling five people. Mm -hmm. uh, but one thing that stood out to me that I've never experienced before as a pastor at a physical church was one of the visitors was an atheist from Denmark. And he came up to me and says, you know what, man, I don't believe in God or anything, but I'm curious to see what this is all about. And that light bulb came um, on for me in a very significant way because um, there is this divide sometimes with um, faith and um, science and, you know, all these other things. And But I saw that VR could be a new opportunity that we can have conversations um, about atheism and, and being an agnostic and being a Christian and being a Muslim without it being a threatening um, environment. And so um, I was like, man, this is this is beautiful. This is amazing. I've never experienced anything like this. And the journey has been just wonderful. Um, long and, you know, up up mountains and valleys, sure. like right. anything. Um, but it's just been a, been a beautiful journey to uh, create um, a, a spiritual community in the metaverse and to see people from all over the world, whether they believe in God or not, come together, uh, build relationships, have conversations, um, and I, it's just, it's just fantastic. So, um, you know, that started in 2016. It was kind of, it wasn't like a weekly thing. It was like maybe every other week, maybe a couple times a month. Um, but it was May of 2017 where it grew to the point where there was this, an, another realization, the light bulb came on. Oh, this is a real church, mm. just like a, a church you would see on the corner of your town. 
you know, in your city somewhere, this is a living, breathing church, no different um, from those churches. And so once that light bulb came on, that's when things really started taking off for VR Church, a little psychological shift. And, um, you know, we just started growing in leaders and volunteers, and we added another service, and we can, we're just continuing to grow in many ways. And so, um, and then the final, well, not final light bulb, but uh, one other definitive light bulb moment was when my wife and I came to the realization, like, oh, we're not supposed to church plant in the physical world. We're supposed to church plant in the metaverse. Mm. And that was another big realization, another big shift, because, you know, here in COVID era, churches are be- are becoming more digital. That's starting to become a little more accepted. But back then, that was um, not something that you would do, right? right. Start churches digitally, uh, but that's or virtually. And so that's what we've been doing, and it's been it's been amazing. It's been a been a fun fun ride. Challenges like anything else. Um, it's kind of like looking at it like a startup, so to speak. Um, and so the challenges of a startup that they go through, we, you know, we're facing those same, same challenges, but right. yeah. So anyways, I, hopefully I didn't monopolize too much time no, there, but that's, that, that's the the background of how we got that's started. Great. I almost, I love it how you almost like had your, your calling when you tried on your rift and then you are going to set out into this new promise land. I'm going to be using a lot of <laughs> metaphors, I think, but yeah, I know it's yeah. really interesting that that was sort of uh, where you saw this opportunity there and you're open to all of these uh, different people to come in and you're, it's like a whole new world that you're sort of exploring and, and sort of setting out as a, as a peaceful missionary, not maybe the missionary of the past that, you know, but a, a modern day missionary. So uh, I think that's, that's really interesting. Um, and by the, so everyone here, if you guys wanted to have a question or comment about uh, the origin story or anything before we move on, just use the raise hand option. And anyone who's watching or listening to the podcast, uh, we have slides up of uh, DJ Soto and his uh, church, uh, which we'll post on Instagram at the Simulation Nation. And right now we have a slide of, of the real DJ uh, Soto in the real world wearing his Oculus uh, on his on his face. So it's, it's pretty great to see that, you know, this is sort of behind the scenes. This is what a modern missionary might look like, which I think is is pretty pretty interesting. And, yeah, and look at that CV CV one there with the the light stations and you yeah, know, that's uh, the or uh, you know OG. Yeah, exactly. So um, cool. And so, uh, by the way, also you guys are if uh, anyone's listening, I'm going to put it in the show notes. But there's a great article uh, about DJ Soto in Wired magazine, which I recommend everyone take a look at. It's it's really fascinating. Um, and it, and it goes into a more thorough detail, uh, in, than we're going to be able to do today. Um, but, um, the one thing you, you mentioned before we move on that I thought was interesting was that you at some point realized that, oh, this is a real church. What was it that, um, gave you that epiphany? Um, I think it was something that grew over time mm-hmm. and kind of ended up in that realization. It was kind of in that May of 2017, looking back and seeing how we were gathering weekly um, leaders and volunteers were starting to participate in the functions of the church and of the experience. And just kind of like realizing, oh, like this is what I would do physically on a Sunday. This is what we're doing virtually on a Sunday. There, there is no difference. Right. right? And I think that culminated into that epiphany where we were like, wow, this is no different and let's treat it as such. Um, And I think that has been, had a major impact that, um, attitude as we move forward. Um, because people come in at first, they think, and they're, they're joking around. Is this for real? Like, t- that's a really 
very common first mm-hmm. reaction. And then they're like, you know, kind of blown away. Like, whoa, wait, this is ordained ministers. What? This is a real service. And they're like taking it all in and they're blown away just by mm-hmm. that. Um, and so it's been fun just to see that whole uh, paradigm shift happening, right. you know, within ourselves and with the community. We're kind of paradigm shifting together um, into this new new world. Right of uh, mixed reality of the metaverse. I, I imagine also it's the fact that um, you've got a community, right, that have built around uh, the church. So maybe the same people will be coming each uh, Sunday or whenever you have your service. And uh, I, and it would feel, it, it must feel as though, well, how is this any different? We have a community, a parish. Now we've got a, a sort of digital virtual parish. And I, I imagine that would be a part of it also. You, is that it? Yeah, and I think, um, and I think, and maybe this is going off on a rabbit trail, but I, th- I think sometimes we, particularly before COVID, we would receive our fair share of criticism saying, you know, how can you have real community? How can you have a real church service? All this like negativity towards us. And what's interesting is when people experience it, their tune changes very quickly. Quick story. Mm-hmm. So I was at a conference in, um, I don't know, Santa Monica. I don't forgot where it was in California, but, um, and I was presenting to a bunch of different Christian leaders, church leaders across the world. And um, I was telling him about VR church, like this is the future. And there was a pastor out there who was shaking his head inside, like nodding, you know, this is not right. This isn't good. Church needs to be physically. That's how it should be. Um, I didn't know that. And I just got chatting with him afterwards. And I said, hey, why don't you come to VR church? I got an extra VR headset for Sunday. So he put it on, came to church. I brought him up on stage like you have me here now to tell so he could tell people about his ministry in the Middle East. And Afterwards, he took the headset on, and I'll never forget. He says, "Man, I need to get into VR ministries. Mm. I need to do this." And the light bulb came on. So before trying VR, it's a no. But after people try it, it, the attitude changes very quickly. I can talk to you about two hours. I can show you pictures on the screen. But as soon as I put you in VR headset, put you you know put you right here in the middle of alt space, the attitude changes. And so we've been we've seen that time and time again, where. the light bulb comes on for other people when they realize the potential, they feel the immersion and they're just really impacted by, by what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and even our, even critics would come in and be like, okay, there is something to this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so um, in this COVID era, there's a little bit of a more of an acceptance still. Um, the church really still struggles with this new paradigm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a little more acceptance. And I'm speaking very broadly mm-hmm. when I say the church. I know there's zillions of denominations right. and constructs, but um, yeah. So I'm not sure if that answered your yeah. question or not. No, absolutely. Um, and I'm sure it's, you know, it's probably, it's only a matter of time, I'm sure. And, and the thing that, you know, when you think about church, it's sort of something that focuses more on the internal life, the soul, the sort of the things that are, are, are unseen. Right. And so, when you, when someone may experience the metaverse or coming into virtual reality, we know that there's, we're looking at a cartoon avatar, but underneath that is a real person, a real soul. And so you can kind of see that there's the, the bridge between the gap uh, almost seems easier in a spiritual uh, light, like a, like a VR church or something like that. Oh, absolutely. So, and so here's the thing I tell people and I, which many people have a hard time. I was like, there are relationships in virtual reality that are very intimate. You can have very um, close friendships. Um, the The avatar leads to a sense of anonymity, and that anonymity um, leads to a sense of authenticity. Mm. And so we are, are able to have more authentic conversations at VR Church than I would in the physical 
physical church. Not that you couldn't have that at a physical church, but I think mm. it takes a lot longer. It'd probably mm. take, I'm just giving it as, as an example, um, a scenario, like, uh, you know, someone would, it'd be four to six, eight weeks before they would tell me about what they were struggling with. You know mm. what I mean? Hey, pastor, I need help in prayer or I need help with this. But in VR, I could see that in two minutes with talking with somebody. And so mm. the nature of the technology tears down those barriers of fear of, you know, what people were going to think of me, you know, how I look, how I act, the way I am, the problems I'm having. And there's something that neutralizes all of that in virtual reality. And we're able to speak, you know, heart to heart, mind to mind, spirit to spirit. Um, again, not that you can't do that in the physical world, but there's something about virtual reality, the metaverse where those relationships are formed very quickly and those conversations get deep um, instantaneously. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah I think, uh, no, that's well said. And I think it's, it, you know, I think the pseudonymity of, uh, of a virtual reality is the same thing as like, um, you know, like you might have, and I think that it goes both ways, right? Which, so it's like the negative side is that people control so much more viciously because it's just there, they could hide behind their pseudonymous identity and they could say things that they wouldn't necessarily say. So we need more institutions like yours to be able to, to, to bridge the positive side and to be able to, to sort of expand on that idea, because I think it, it does go both ways, right? It, people feel safer to be more vulnerable, but also to be more vicious at times. So... <laughs> Yeah, right. Exactly. Like there's some things that people have said in VR church, they would never say in the physical world right. or, you know, even not even, I'm not even talking about just church, just, you know, out loud in public anywhere. Um, so yeah, that, that anonymity can lead to more negative things, but um, you know, we've just gotten so used to that. The trolls really don't bother us. And I, I think uh, people coming in and doing what they do, we just kind of like seeing it all, so to speak. Right. And so I think sometimes trolls think they're clever, you know, coming in, disrupting. And we're like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll rate that a six out of 10, you know, we, you know, as far as trolling is concerned. Right. So we just have fun with it. Right. And, um, you know, we try not to make it a big issue. But yeah, that's, that's certain, that certainly is an issue. And that certainly is, I think you see um, like Altspace and you know, these other platforms trying to implement some type of safety measures, you know, mm -hmm. muting, blocking, you know, reporting. And I think that's great. Mm -hmm. I think it's a fantastic thing where you can take moderation personally into your own hands. Um, and so that needs to be communicated. And we try to do that at, at your church um, where we say, hey, listen, you, if somebody's bothering you, make sure to mute and block them or whatever. Yeah. And so I think that's important, you know, because we're in VR, we know that. Uh, but, you know, the parent, letting their 14 year old kid, you know, what are they going to run into? Are they going to get harassed um, to let them know their safety measures that are imp implemented into these platforms? Absolutely. Um, so Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think, I think that there's a bright future for all these platforms for sure. Absolutely. We'll definitely get into all the platforms because I know you don't only uh, focus on alt space, but all uh, others as well. But uh, yeah, if anyone has any questions, don't feel, uh, don't be shy to use the raise hand option. And uh, you could just give a comment or question to us one G4E and Gonzalo and anyone else. Um, otherwise, before we get into the specifics of the project, which uh, I'm um, excited to talk about, I love some of the quotes that were on your, your website. And there was one in particular uh, by a movie that all of us probably know called The Matrix, which is that unfortunately, no one can be told what The Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. So I'd just love you to speak to uh, why you put this on the, the front page of your website and how you think it relates. Yeah, I think, um, you know, when I alluded back to when, you know, the challenges of a startup, I, you know, I remember 
maybe a little bit of a naive attitude going out to raise funds, you know, because as we start churches in the physical world, there's funding involved. And, and so there's the same reality of that when it comes to starting, you know, even a virtual reality church. And so I came to the realization quick that um, when I told you that story, when people haven't experienced it, it's, it's, it's tough to explain. They just don't mm. get it. They don't understand it. But as soon as we put a leader or, you know, if we're doing a demo somewhere, as soon as we put the VR headset on, the light bulb comes on. And so I think that's for me, maybe more of like uh, just a reminder that people need to experience it. I could talk about, you know, VR, VR church, alt space all day long. <laughs> um, but I've changed my tune a little bit to say, to really less present the metaverse, even though I still do that mm -hmm. and more, how can we get you to headset? Do you know someone Is there an arcade nearby? Uh, maybe you should buy one. You know what I mean? And so that's where my kind of, I flipped a little bit, you know, bef before I would assume people wouldn't uh, buy it or go seek it out. But now that's like, Hey, you need, you need to, you need to try mm -hmm. it. And people have, I think with that attitude or that language change, um, I've seen people take some action. And so, um, yeah, I think that's just a reminder to us who this is normal. Like we're in alt space. We do this. We're used to it. Um, it doesn't, you know, we're not phased by it. But for others, this is like, you know, stepping into the matrix for the first time. Right. And like, what is happening in here? And it does scare some people at first, I think. Right. You know what I mean? Just to like, it's like a jarring thing, especially if they haven't experienced it before. So um, I think Morpheus has some wise words for all of us as we evangelize this new technology it's interesting and of course there's so many religious overtones to the matrix right you've got this figure who is sort of outcast and then he has his sort of disciples around him and he has a he basically dies and then is resurrected as the one the chosen one who becomes one with one oh, yeah. with the matrix which is sort of like the spirit of that world so i uh, there's a lot of uh religious overtones that i was wondering if you had uh you sort of gone down that rabbit hole or you just, it's just more of a. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I love, yeah. I love that. I haven't done like, like, you know, like detailed analysis right. of it, but you certainly see those, you know, those themes, even the names like Trinity and the Nebuchadnezzar, oh, yeah. right. uh, the ship and uh, yeah, the Morpheus kind of like, uh, yeah. Zion. Um, yeah. The whole Neo, Neo arc, uh, arc typical of the Christ. Um, yeah. There's just so many things, you know, the freeing your mind and, um, yeah, I mean, you can just go on and on about the Matrix yeah. and yeah, the spiritual overdose for sure. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. All right, so so I, you just you did mention that you uh, work on platforms. So I noticed that you've done some streams from uh, Rust. Uh, you've talked about VR chat. Uh, it looks like you've maybe on Rec Room, and of course, we are currently in Old Space. So I'd like uh, just love to hear you talk about the different platforms and and how you think about them, and if you have pros and cons of each, or if it's all just the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so fundamentally, when you think of VR church, or when you think of a church's name, you think there's like one church. But uh, at its core, VR church is actually a church planting movement. Um, so we're not just one church, we're across the metaverse and in, in various different expressions. So, um, you know, we have a church here in Altspace, we do two services. Uh, we have a community in VR chat, which is a lot of fun. Uh, we used to have one in Rec Room, but that team has has moved on and started their own. So we, we're wanting to do that again because Rec Room is actually a fantastic platform. I know it's kind of uh, branded as, you know, Roblox mm -hmm. age, the kids and the, the branding and the avatars. But I think the technology is really strong and they're doing a fantastic, innovative job over there at Rec Room. So, you know, we're trying to be a, across all the VR um, social platforms, so Altspace, VRChat, Rec Room. Um, that's that's our goal. 
And, um, and then we started this new thing this past January. And this is actually not something that we thought we'd get into, but it's also church planting in MMOs, massively multiplayer online. Um, so if you're familiar with games like Warcraft, Final Fantasy 14 online, mm -hmm. we're like, where can we curate these spiritual communities? People in this COVID season, you know, lockdown, quarantine, wanting to connect with people. And, you know, maybe they want to connect with people in their the metaverse that they're in. And so um, we started, we planted this church in Rust, as you can see the, the image behind me. Um, that's been a lot of fun to see, to do that church. Um, you know, and then we have one in Final Fantasy that we're working mm. on, another one in Black Desert. And so that just speaks to this um, expression of, of faith, of spirituality that we're creating these loving spiritual communities across the metaverse, however you define the metaverse. Like I know people define it, you know, one way or the other. Um, and in, a, in a nutshell, we look for persistent worlds that have strong social mm. tools. Um, and so those are real high candidates for us to create a community. And not that, you, you know, someone couldn't create a Discord and create a spiritual community around like Fortnite, but we're looking for in-game social experiences in persistent worlds and then that is what's like for us pers personally interests us. So uh, worlds like Rust and like I said, Final Fantasy Black Desert. Um, and then there's a few other ones we're keeping our eye on. I mean, um, so, you know, we're planning churches in VR. We're planning churches in MMOs. And then, you know, you know, we're going to have what's Zenith is coming out, coming this fall, I believe. And so that's a VR MMO, the best of both worlds. Man, we'll love to see what that's going to be like. If it has strong social tools and uh, persistent worlds, then man, that's a candidate for us to create a church. Because we always have people say, hey, why don't you build a church here in Minecraft or uh, build a church? And we would love to, love to. Uh, but, you know, our team's limited and the community is limited to all the platforms we can get to. And um, so... Yeah, we, that, that's how we kind of evaluate things. Um, and there are there are other ones that we would love to get into, like ARC would be a lot of fun. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, we're expanding just not just in VR, but MMOs. And then we think the, the culmination for us is a theory that those two worlds are going to converge in the future, mm. whether it's two, five, or 10 years down the road, VR MMOs are going to be a significant evolution in gaming, social interaction, community building. Totally. And when that happens, man, we're going to be cranking on all cylinders. We're going to be experiencing things we've never experienced before. And maybe uh, even Ready Player One will be here yeah. by that time. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of what, what we're doing. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun, a lot of great people joining us on, on the journey. And, uh, yeah, so yeah, that's all pretty much I have to say about that. Yeah, one. very cool. Um, okay, well, let, let's get to the, the, the topic I, re I really want to talk about, which is the, the, the possibilities that you have in virtual reality that you don't have in the real world and actually benefits and some of the advantages you have uh, when you're dealing with any kind of a group in virtual reality. And that is that you're able to defy the laws of physics, right? And you're able to do things that we haven't been able to do in the past. So when I went to one of your VR churches, I noticed there was a lot of, um, there was like these sort of golden orbs that were like spirits floating through the air. Uh, and I know in the picture I've got right here is of, you've got some sort of scripture, uh, the words are actually uh, hovering in the air so that the person who's guiding their, uh, I guess, parish through these words can actually show the words right up there. So this stuff is just like, my imagination goes wild, but I, I'd love you to speak to, have, what have you found in terms of how are you able to expand the physics of these worlds to best uh, illustrate um, the stories that you are conveying. 
Oh man, this is like when VR just takes off, right? So, um, you know, for the longest time, we I would deliver a sermon from the stage. Just get up here and just like, hey, it's time for me to deliver my sermon. That's how I knew um, sermons to be delivered, and that's you know what I knew. And then the other light, I keep talking about light bulbs coming on, but another light bulb came on where we were like, wait a minute, we're like in the matrix. This is like inception <laughs> where Leonardo DiCaprio and Ellen Page are walking through Paris, I believe, and bending the world with their minds. And I was like, wait a second, you know, we're just standing here. Let's do something with the world. And the, the picture by here, uh, yeah, shows some really cool effects, but uh, this is kind of like an off week, man. Our world, we have a world build team that builds amazing sets. This is something I, I just kind of threw together as the, uh, the, as the world build team was taking a little bit of a break. But man, like think of like Moses crossing the Red Sea and like recreating that experience or the Noah's Ark. You know, there's all these imagery, um, uh, illustrative moments throughout scripture that you can bring to life. And so that we've really committed to that and really doubled down on that. Um, you know, except for, you know, just little hiatus we're doing. Um, and I think what that does is it, it creates a unique experience for people coming in, especially for a church for the first time. You know, they've never been to church is their first time, you know, they're not going to want to, you know, have me up here sitting here delivering a sermon for 30 minutes. But if we walk through these worlds and we create these experiences, it changes the game. And I believe it imprints the experience in their spirit more. Like, um, not that they couldn't learn from me, you know, up here teaching, um, but I think they learn it a whole other way because, because it becomes tactile. It becomes experiential. It's not just sitting and, and receiving the knowledge through the ears. You're actually walking around, looking up, touching things, um, experiencing the world. And I, I think that reflects the transition we're, we're experiencing, um, where the, the information age is coming to a close and the experience age is, is beginning. And experience age is mixed reality, you know, VR and AR. Um, and so, yeah, and even in this simple, even in this simple bill that you see, the effects around the scripture just creates a, you know, a calming effect, a, a, something that's very rememberable. Um, and um, you know, on the on the top right there, you see a mirror there, and that's that portion of scripture where it talks about, you know, um, to to not to not look in the mirror and forget what you look like, and it, and it relates to scripture. So, you know, we put a mirror there to reflect that. And, you know, it's just little things like that, like uh, this upcoming week, we're going to be on, on James chapter three, where it talks about, be careful how you, you speak, be, the, how you use your tongue, because you can bring uh, blessings and cursings. And just as a large ship is turned by a little rudder, uh, so the tongue can, you know, uh, move many things. And so we're going to, you know, put a big, massive ship in there just to illustrate that. And it'll talk about, you know, a little uh, bridle or the, the mouth mouthpiece that goes in a hor horse that controls the horse. So we'll have some animated horses there. And so um, those little effects, experiences, um, I think changes the game. Yeah. And I think that's why VR is going to be such a significant part of our lives in the future as it becomes more adopted, because people are going to realize, wow, I can experience these things in ways that I could have never experienced them before. And not just church. I mean, think about, you know, anything. Um, you know, I heard there were some surgeons that were getting trained in VR and their mm -hmm. success rate was so much higher. I mean, significantly higher than the previous classes that didn't use VR. And so we start to realize that, oh, VR is doing things to our brains that you know, uh, that we don't even understand in, in good ways. Um, and so I think that can be applied, whether it's a surgeon, whether it's, you know, 
working on a car or whether it's learning scripture, VR is going to take things cognitively, cognitively to the next level. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I was imagining like, oh, you know, you imagine you walk into your VR church and you expect that you're going to have a normal service. And then the, the uh, pastor starts speaking about the Sermon on the Mount or something. And suddenly the walls fall away of the church and you find that you are on the Sermon of the Mount. And you do have, you know, you could all sort of go into that Bible story. Like how incredible would that be? Or, you know. Oh, man. It, yeah, it's amazing. Right. And then it's like or like even if you had. um like a series of worlds. I, I, there may have been something I read somewhere where you, you may you, like, if you could go in the lion's den with Daniel and then you could, you know, cross the, the, the dead sea and, and the, the waves go up. And if you could, um, you could actually walk through those worlds, Noah and the ark or whatever your story might be. Um, it, it just, it's just like you're saying, it makes it so much more experiential. It makes it so much more, um, tactile. Uh, I just think that there's, yeah, there's something really interesting there. So I, 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 I and oh, have you, yeah. have you started with that stuff? Are you looking for people? Maybe we could use this platform to help try to find world builders for you. Oh yes. Particularly in like in the animated uh, elements, like uh, bringing the world to, to, to life. And so we we're using these in-game um, or in-world uh, building tools, which are fantastic. And, and the team gets super creative, but I think there's a whole level that we want to get into. Yes. I would love to be connected with people that are able to like an evolver's world, you know, it's, it's a room and then it morphs into space. And so that animated morphing and, um, you know, experience, I think is something we definitely want to get into and definitely could use some help with. And if anybody's out there that's interested in, in uh, helping, that'd be awesome. Well, yeah, absolutely. Trust, trust wife or God or sky buys it or any, anyone else. So, um, yeah, that, that for me was the thing that I was like, oh, there's so many possibilities here. So this one was interesting too. I took a picture here of, um, something that maybe is a little bit more controversial, uh, which is the, uh, a baptism. So you have a, a lake or you have water in virtual reality. And then, um, are, I don't know if you're able to do baptism or it's just sort of a symbolic gesture. Do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we do do the sacraments in, in virtual reality. So, which is definitely a controversial topic, even for those who view the sacraments symbolically. So, um, fundamentally there's two views, uh, of, of the sacraments. I'm sure there's more, but to oversimplify it, um, some people believe that it's a very literal experience. You actually need the bread and the wine physically. You, your sins are actually washed away by physical water. And then on the symbolic side, um, there's many uh, faith traditions that believe this. No, it's just a symbol of, of what's being represented. Um, you know, the, the bread and the wine, um, the, the water is a symbolic representation, a public declaration. And so our church, you know, and uh, you know, I'm not trying to criticize the, the literalist, but our church is more on the symbolic side of that. And so in the spirit of that symbolism, we have zero problems like doing virtual reality baptisms or uh, the Lord's Supper and experiencing it in VR. And so some of my favorite services have been um, these VR baptism services, beautiful uh, moments where people are declaring that they want to be reborn, uh, a rebirth into new life. Uh, the old has passed away. The, uh, the, the new is become, you know, turning into a new person and just symbolizing that is just so great. And the thing is, um, we, what people might not realize is, yeah, it'd be great for many people to go to a physical church, get physically baptized. You know, that's awesome. But there are many people that just physically can't. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're homebound, mm -hmm. maybe they're disabled, maybe there's like severe social anxiety. And so I think this provides a beautiful opportunity for people like that. Or maybe they might not be, maybe, they, you know, everything's fine. But particularly for that community, 
this provides a unique opportunity to say, hey, you can be baptized too. Um, you can also part partake in the Lord's Supper. And so you're not excluded from the sacraments of the church just because of your condition. I don't think Jesus would ascribe to that and be like, hey, you need to, you know, get to physically to the church, even though you can't, or it doesn't count. Um, I think that Jesus looks on these people that are getting baptized and says, you know, that's a beautiful thing that you've, you've symbolized and that you're expressing. Um, and so, um, yeah, and I think that's what we need to kind of keep in mind for the critics out there that would say, you know, that's not real. That doesn't count. That's fake. I would have a hard time saying that to someone who's homebound, handicapped, right. severe social anxiety, that their spiritual experience isn't real, doesn't count. It's fake. Like, that's not something that I believe reflects the love of God. And so, um, yeah, just in that context, I think that it's really opened the door for people who would never have gotten baptized, who are now like, wait a second, maybe I can do this. And then I don't have to tell you, like in VR, it feels like when you go into water, it feels real. Everything about it has this a, a visceral reaction that you're actually underwater, that you're actually experiencing something. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think that that's it's it's a powerful, powerful tool for us to use in VR. Yeah, it's it. It's really interesting. I, I I was also thinking about that, like if people were handicapped or not able to come or if they're in an oppressive regime in a country where they're not allowed to, or if you're traveling from home and you are uh, no longer in a country that speaks your language. And there's a, there's a, you know, as, as the sort of nation states are kind of becoming more fluid and we're able to, the borders aren't being able to contain us as much. It's, it sort of makes sense that you would have a place in the metaverse where you can do all of this stuff in virtual reality. So mm -hmm. um yeah, it, it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's really, really great. Um, so, yeah, and I guess, you know, I, I wonder, you know, <laughs> the only difference I think would be in the real world, they get holy water. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm from Catholic faith where we, the, the, the Vatican would then like bless the holy water and send it out to all the parishes of the world. I don't know. How would they do that in the future? I wonder, how would you make water holy in the virtual space? That's kind of an interesting thought. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. And again, there's no, uh, hate or criticism to those that would, you know, view it more of it more literally. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Could it be done, you know, that the water is blessed virtually and that's passed on right. or, you know, I think there's definitely ways that that can be accomplished, but um, if people are comfortable with, and I think that's where the whole, <laughs> the, the rubber meets the road, that whole, you know, uh, conversational point about whether one can do that or not. But right. um, yeah, these, these baptisms has been wonderful. Like uh, the girl there in the pink, uh, well, at the pink hair, the purple hair on the right, that's one of our pastors, Pastor Alina, mm -hmm. and she's baptizing uh, the girl to her left. But Pastor Alina herself was baptized in VR, and she has a condition where she can't leave the home. Mm -hmm. That's just not happening. And there's no way you're going to be able to get her in water. It'd be actually a very painful experience because of the temperature that her skin needs to be. She has a very serious condition concerning temperature. And so, um, yes, yeah, so for Pastor Alina to get baptized was such a powerful demonstration. Um, to this mixture of tech and spirituality. Right. And, you know, one thing we've heard in the church, or at least, you know, I heard growing up, you know, is God is everywhere. God's you know, limited to time and space. And so if that's true, then who's to say he doesn't in, in, in inhabit the ones and the zeros of these virtual right. worlds. If he's everywhere, then he exists in these virtual spaces. Um, and he's not limited by, by that. And so, um, right. Yeah, I think that's that little thought alone um, amplifies the reality of, um, you know, God's love that can be experienced 
Um, and I've never, I have, I've heard several times, you know, I felt something, I felt something, you know, in this service, I felt something through that music. I felt something in that baptism service. And that's not just ones and zeros. That's a true, you know, human emotion that they're experiencing. That's been, um, you know, cultivated through ones and zeros, so to speak. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think there's a limit to where, where or when or how God is going to um, manifest himself to us. Right. So. Great. Yeah. And if anyone had any uh, thoughts or comments, uh, use the raise hand option memo or Sky buys it or Todd or anyone else. Uh, just let us know. Um, yeah. I, I'm wondering, you know, the, that bridge we're talking about. Um, one more question before we move on would be, you know, uh, would or have you found that you're that the church is ready or not ready to be able to give some funding for this kind of a thing? Or do you find that that's going to come from individual benefactors through PayPal or, or whatever else? Maybe like you the way that you give um, uh, some money at a, a service in the real world, would they give a, a PayPal offering and then you could use that towards world building? Or have you found that the real church is able to um, accept it and acknowledge this as something as, that's viable? Um, yes. Yeah, so the answer would be no for the real churches, you know, supporting like a ministry like this, I think, especially pre COVID, like now it's starting to change a little bit, but there's still so long ways to go. Like, I think fundamentally, like for the most part, if you would knock on 10 churches doors and say, Hey, there's a church that existed completely in VR. They don't have a physical location. Would you support that? I think nine out of 10 are going to say no, and maybe even 10 out mm. of 10, because um, and no hate again, but in many of these uh, leaders, church leaders were um, educated in a seminary generation where there was zero digital, on, you know, uh, education, social media, live streaming. Forget about that. Now we're talking about VR, AR. So that wasn't part of them, uh, of that, you know, seminary training. So unless they adopted, evolved, um, then they would, are, it's a very easy rejection. And I've seen that over and over again. I'm speaking directly from experience. Um, so generally speaking, that's not happening. Um, and so, and that's how we started our journey kind of naively, like, Hey, pastor, church leader. And because that's what we were taught as, you know, in college, because I have a bachelor of arts in Bible where you get funded by the church, you go to churches to raise your support. And so that was the same mindset, like, okay, let's go to these churches and church planning organizations and let's see if they'll fund us. And then not realizing that, Oh, well, this is like too far in the future, uh, for them. And they actually view this as inappropriate. Um, and so we've shifted since then, um, where um, the the funding has come from family and friends, just like any good startup mm -hmm. does. And then now, you know, we're encouraging the, the community to be a part of that. So like on our website, there's, there's PayPal, there's text to give, there's cryptocurrency. Uh, people want to give Bitcoin or Dogecoin mm -hmm. or whatever they want to do uh, to support their church. You know, so that's a viable option to that. And then we're thinking about alternative ways to fund it because I think if this is going to be an alternative church and it's not going to be traditionally funded and needs to be alternatively funded. And so now we're activating that mindset, probably, you know, better late than never, activating that mindset to dis to go on a journey to discover what that means. So um, hopefully we'll have some answers right. here soon. You gotta, you, but you gotta um, be, yeah, it has that, that part has been a challenge. You got to be mining the Bitcoin under the pews. That's, that's the answer, obviously. <laughs> yeah. You know, why not? Um, great. Why not? Cool. Well, uh, so let's, uh, we sort of have touched on a lot of these subjects, but um, we're, let's talk about the future for a second. So, so where, where do you see this going and what do you have planned? We talked about, you would love to get some world builders and things like that. Um, do you realistically see that this, this will be taken um, uh, more seriously in the future? And, and where do you think, think this is all headed? 
Yeah, I think it's inevitable. Uh, this technology is too compelling, even in its infant stage. So you think about like when the car first came out, the Model T and, you know, the hundreds of years, and now we have this self-driving, you know, Ubers or uh, model um now the oh, Tesla's mm -hmm. driving around. Uh, you think of the internet and the the televisions. You know they're you know thinner and in the high resolution. And so I think it's the same thing with VR. You know we're in the, just the infant stage of commercial VR, and it's only going to be a matter of time before the tech gets smaller, faster, better, immersive, and it's just an inevitable technology in my mind. Um, and I'm sure that somebody looked at the model team and was like, well, the horse is still more, um, has more utility, right? And it probably was true. And so I think at this point, you're like, well, my computer, my smartphone has more utility. But uh, yeah, for now, but I think in the future, as you know, maybe VR is going to be a pair of sunglasses you just have in your pocket, you whip out. Now you're in a full um, immersed meeting at your workplace. Um, and so I feel like, you know, whether it's two, five, 10 years, I don't know, 20, 30, who knows? Uh, at some point, there's going to be a tipping point and um, the scales are going to tip in that direction where it just is massively adopted. It's too compelling to ignore. Um, and it, what's interesting is you hear the language shifts. You hear, well, you know, Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, you know, whatever you think of them, but they're making a shift to become a metaverse company. Like mm -hmm. Mike, Mike, Mark Zuckerberg said that recently. He says, we're not... You know, we don't want to be known as a social networking, social media company. Uh, we want to be known as a metaverse company. So you see that shift happening. Yeah. Um, and it's only a matter of time before that comes into full consciousness. And so I kind of feel like on the church side of things, I kind of feel like Doc from Back to the mm -hmm. Future, who you know, he comes back in the DeLorean, his hair is all like spiky and like, he's like, oh, the future, Marty, the future. And so I kind of feel like that when I talk to church leaders, like my hair is all spiking mm -hmm. out. I'm like, the future, the future. And, uh, but at some point, I think it'll kick in and the realization will kick in. And I think what's going to be interesting is, you know, let's say you have a, a church or a business or whatever, you, you wouldn't think to not have a website or social media. You have to have mm -hmm. that. And it's not going to be too long before you have to have a VR experience connected to your business organization mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and so I think that day is coming as well. Um, I, I do think the church is going kicking and screaming into the future, but um, at, at some point they're going to have to acknowledge that this is here and it's real and it's here to stay. And I, you know, I think it's also that the, the, the church is always talking about how there's a crisis of like the youth is not uh, in is as plentiful of numbers as uh, it has been in past generations. And so there's a big worry there. And so this is a, a perfect opportunity to evolve with the times in the medium of the message, not not the message itself, right? It's just sort of changing the platform on which the message is being conveyed. Um, I think that for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there, there. You know, I think we uh, we do attract a lot of young, particularly the MMO church. We we attract a lot of young people, um, and right. And we're not doing anything too crazy, like the the, you know, the we're not like you know launching you know, fireworks and doing crazy stuff. It's a very simple church experience, but it's a very attractional. And I think that speaks to that people are still, regardless of age, very interested in spirituality. And, but I think they're looking to experience it in new ways. Uh, again, like you said, not, not the message, but the method. And so the method that we're employing and interacting with is in spaces like VR and MMOs and VR and MMOs. Um, and I think that becomes a compelling experience for many. So. Oh.
Yeah, I think it's absolutely. Well, this is your last chance. Anyone who has a question or a thought or a comment for DJ Soto, this is your last chance. Use that raise hand option. Otherwise, uh, DJ, how can people get in touch with you out in the real world? Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm on uh, Facebook, Instagram, but uh, I've been really getting into TikTok these days. So um, at DJ Soto Live, L-I-V-E, um, feel free to, to follow me on the TikTok. And um, I think that's my main social media at this point. So um, I'm more active on there than the other ones. But yeah, look me up on Facebook, Twitter, for sure. Um, and uh, we have a Discord server if anyone wants to join that as well. And But a lot of this info can be found at vrchurch.org. Uh, you can just go to that website and they'll have some links there for you. Um, but yeah, so, and I'm here in Altspace as well. So if you ever just want to swing by or chat, you know, I'll be around. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, before everyone leaves, we're gonna, uh, we'll hop over to our uh, step and repeat over here and get to get a photo, get a group photo in uh, front of that with, uh, uh, with nice, DJ nice. Soto and everything. Um, but before then, um, thank you for teleporting into this worldcast of Simulation Nation, whether you're with us in virtual reality or 2D, listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or watching in glorious Technicolor on YouTube. And remember to subscribe to our Instagram at The Simulation Nation, Twitter at SimNationVR, Facebook and Discord. And join us next time for a trip into the nostalgia zone with cyberpunk classic Terminator 2 Judgment Day. The opposite here. We talked about Genesis. Now we're going to Judgment Day. Until then, stay plugged, my friends.